Did you know that from the time it's planted, a single coffee bean can take up to four years to end up in your cup? That's why the folks at Otis Coffee believe the story behind each cup of coffee should be celebrated. The beans they select are responsibly sourced from coffee farms all around the world, and they meticulously roast each bean to its own optimum profile. Otis Coffee is more than just a way to get your daily dose of caffeine. To Otis, each cup is a journey that connects us on a global level. Take flight with Otis Coffee Company and be a part of this adventure. Head on over to otis.coffee and give them a shot. I think you'll enjoy it. Larry Sharp is an entrepreneur, business consultant, and political activist. In 2016, he was the Libertarian Party nominee for vice president. And in 2018, he was the Libertarian Party nominee for New York governor. His show, The Sharp Way, can be seen on Facebook Live and YouTube. And his podcast is available on most platforms. I am very grateful that he took some time out to have this conversation. This is JLP number 37 with Mr. Larry Sharp. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine, Mr. Sharp. Thank you so much. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing pretty darn good, so I can't complain. You? Um, surviving every day, trying oh. to make the world a better place. Doing better. Doesn't always work, but I keep trying. Doing better than surviving. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is your family well? Yeah, we're doing good. Thank you. I appreciate asking. Thank you. Yes, we're doing fine. Absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. I just caught the last. I just. I just caught on. Uh, on uh, Facebook, your uh, your take on the uh, the Chauvin uh, the Chauvin verdict, and uh, and once again, you came up with some very very interesting points. It's 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 amazing how we've become so like polarized, and that like this is just like it's an either or scenario. Yes, and not a not a lot has changed. But but the point you made about about poli- about good police standing up for good policing and putting a thumbs down to bad policing, I think is huge because that's a question Absolutely. I've always, that's a question I've always asked. I've never understood. I mean, I guess I can understand, but I've never understood why police don't, don't, don't do their part in trying to say, Hey, this is a bad cop. And that's making my job a little bit harder. Can we, can we move this person around? A hundred percent. And I think, you know, you you have a culture of that from a long time, which is why you hear me push the idea of having cops, you know, carry their own personal liability insurance, professional liability right. insurance. Right. And the reason is you don't you don't have to break the culture now. Right. The reality is that there's a part of policing, particularly when you start with the war on drugs, particularly at that point. But even before that, where it's very almost like combative and band of brothers like. Right. Right. You don't want the guy next to you, you'd be thinking, is this guy on my team? You don't want to be doing that. So right. it, it encourages the idea of back the blue, no matter who, right? It, it encourages that. And I get that. You're not going to change that environment overnight. So don't make them bad guys. Make the insurance company the bad insurance guys. company the bad guys, yeah. Done yeah. deal. Yeah. Now the insurance company can be the bad guy and you can still have your brother next to you in case you get you know caught in a firefight with some gangbangers, yeah. right? You can still have that guy there. So I'm not going to ask them to change that culture. I'm going to find another way to make it work anyway. Yeah. Well, but but why can't we see that? Why 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 is the public? It's hard for us to see that there are that there are issues that are making this problem a little bit more exacerbated. Why do we just always say, oh, well, this is a bad cop. They hate black people. Uh, they they're they're racist." And and why is it so easy to just jump to that? I'm I'm going to walk down a road which some people don't want to accept, which is. We're overwhelmed. 
That's the reason. And the place where I will, um, I'll, I'll bring this up is in sales. And it's going to sound odd, but I'm bringing it up in sales though. If you go back 30, 40 years, you find the average salesperson, their job was to educate the consumer, right? I'm going right. to tell you about my, my product or my service and I'm going to teach you about it, blah, blah, blah. Not the case anymore. You go to sell somebody some widget, they already checked your widget out online. They checked out the reviews. They checked out your competition. They checked out everything about you already. Your job as a sales rep now is to actually, instead of educating, it is to curate and to say, this is what matters to you. The problem is, what are we going to be worried about? There's 80 bazillion things to be worried about, John. Yes. I got to be worried about everything. I can't yeah. go to work. I'm going to spend all day worrying about everything that's happening. I got to worry about the Rohingya in Burma. I got to worry about, you know, cops <laughs> shooting black people. I got to worry about the whales. I got about the plastics in the ocean. I got to worry about global warming. I got to worry. Oh, my God. I got to worry about uh, corrupt, uh, corrupt uh, politicians. I got to worry about, you know, campaign finance reform. Oh, my God. I can't. It's just too much. So what do I do? I fall back to an expert or someone I trust which often mm -hmm. isn't an expert. Yeah, it's usually not an expert. <laughs> I trust John. He's a good man. He's smart. So I trust him. So when he tells me the only way to survive is jump off this building, I jump off this building mm -hmm. because I just don't have enough time, energy, or emotional capacity to figure out every single thing. So it's much easier. It's easier on your, on your emotions, easier on your brain. You yeah. just go, what side am I on? Um, of that side, okay. What do we believe? Okay, I believe that. Can I not, yeah. can I go to work now? Yeah, you can go to work now. Just yeah. believe in the red or the blue team and go to work. It's just it, easier. It's easier, but it's such a shame because the overwhelming majority of us don't live on those extremes. Correct. You know, we're all. I mean, we're all. We're all in different shades of gray here. You know, 100%. some are. You know, your average. Your average American is. You know, okay, conservative about this, but they're liberal about that, and yep. and. If if they had their choice, they would love to like mix up mix up the pie. Of, but of now, course. now we're like you're like all in. Like the, the seesaw, the seesaw is either all the way down or all the way up. It's not you are with anymore. me or you are against me. Oh yes. That's it. And you I will call you out one way or the other. Yes, you are with me or you are against me, and that's all. That's where we are now, and it's not healthy. I completely agree. It's it's just not healthy. It's, it's not a healthy bad at all. Way to be. How do we get and out of it, though? I mean, how? How? I, how, I mean, go, I mean, people like you are people like you are, are are pointing it out, you know. But but for the most part, everybody else is just saying, okay, well, this is the side that's going to get. I mean, our 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 Lord and Savior, uh, uh, Mr. Cuomo, is doing is doing that. He's like he all is. in. He's like all in on being progressive now. He wants you to smoke weed, and he's he's got no problems with gambling anymore. And and oh wow, this is. <laughs> this is this is amazing. All that stuff that you rejected for your whole uh, for your whole term is now uh, you're now on board. All because all good, uh, all good now. Because it'll get him elected. Because it'll get him elected. <laughs> all, all good. As I say all the time, guys, there's a reason. And a little off topic, but there's a reason why guys like De Blasio hate Cuomo. Because De Blasio was actually for those of you who may be listening, De Blasio is the mayor of New York City. Right. Um. De Blasio is actually a true believer. Like de Blasio honestly believes just one more gulag and we'll have that utopian so socialist society I've been telling oh, you about. 
right? He actually believes that. I know, John, I take 65% of your money. But if you just give me like 85%, then we're going to have the utopian, you know, social society I've been telling you about. He believes that. Now, Cuomo doesn't. Cuomo, the governor, is simply a Cuomoist. He would be whatever it takes. He'd be a libertarian. He'd be a Republican. He'd be a communist. Whatever care. keeps whatever keeps Cuomo on top. Whatever keeps him on top. And, and the best example that I can give you is, do you remember when the um, in New York City, when um, de Blasio took taxpayer dollars and put homeless people in um, luxury hotels in the Upper West Side? Remember yeah. that story? Yeah. Yep. And when he did that, the rich people got mad and said, I'm out. Cuomo said, sorry, sorry, oh my God, come on, come on, remember, mm -hmm. I'll cook, come on back, remember this whole story, come on yeah. back. De Blasio said, how dare you? De Blasio said that. How dare, he doubled down, how dare you? You're wealthy. You should be giving this to these poor people. What's wrong with you? He scolded them. Why? Because de Blasio is a true believer. And he's mm -hmm. like, if you don't believe, then get out. Because this is, this is a cult here. You don't like my cult? Hit the road. Oh, wow. So de Blasio is prepared to die on that hill. He is prepared to lose the mayorship. Uh, he's prepared to not be president. He's prepared because he's a true believer. Cuomo's not. That's why they fight. That's they interesting. Fight. Yeah, because That's de Blasio sees Cuomo as a poser. Yeah, de Blasio sees Cuomo as a poser. Really? Okay. All right. Well, he is a poser, though, isn't he? He is. It's I absolutely mean, true. De Blasio's right. <laughs> Yes, de Blasio's right. He's correct. And I, I rarely say de Blasio's correct. But in this case, he I've is. Nev I've, never known a, I've never known a sitting politician to be disliked by everybody. And, yes. that's, and that's de Blasio. Yes. I, mean, I mean, police and, and, and criminals both don't like de Blasio. That's very, okay. very, that's a, that's a, yes. unique, uh, that's a yes. unique achievement. He is self-righteous as they come. He's a true believer. He really is a true believer. So I went, I went kind of off, but let me go back to the the point you were you were asking me about before, and that is how do we fix this? When a lot of people, if you've watched my show or watched me at mm -hmm. all in the last couple of years, a lot of people get angry at me, but they stay. They get mad at me, but they don't leave me. Right. They think I'm wrong on something, but they stay. Why do they stay? Do they stay because I'm so good looking? I mean, I am good looking. But that isn't the reason yes. why they stay, because even though they may disagree, they know that I'm arguing in good faith and that I always come from the same position, which is right. how do I get the most libertarian answer out of everything? How do I give people the most freedom? How do I use the least force to get something done? Mm -hmm. How do I look at the outcome? Not necessarily how we get there, always outcome first. Right. How do I deal with systems and stop blaming individuals, right? How do I deal with the system to make people better? Because I don't believe people are inherently bad. I think systems can be inherently bad. So if you make a bad system, you're going to have bad people. If you have a good system, you're going to have better people. Mm -hmm. And they know that that's a constant in what I talk about. So generally speaking, while you might be mad at me on issue A, issue B, you're going to come back to me. Issue C, you're going to come back to me again. D, you're going to come back to me again. E, you mad at me. Well, and you, you're going to come back to me again. I think that's how it tends to work. You, you always have been very consistent. I mean, ever since I started following you when you, when you did your, uh, your, um, your gubernatorial campaign, it's, it, you know, it was one of those things where like, okay, well, where's, where's the slip up going to be? And, and it sort of never came because you were always very, very consistent. But there's even a question now about 
about like the like what is libertarian mm-hmm. now there's even a question about that like is okay so libertarian so what does that mean are you conservative light are you and now are you a classic liberal okay now what does that mean i mean i think you did a show about that some like last week i did in which in which like they're even starting to to pull the threads on 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 being libertarian and the way i understand it libertarian basically means is leave my stuff alone and i won't mess with your stuff yes but i'll go one step further leave everybody's stuff alone unless they ask okay unless they ask okay unless they ask right and you know there was uh yang had a problem running for mayor someone was like you know teasing him and, and saying nasty stuff to him and yang didn't know how to handle it one guy said to him so yang you know and it's i, I i'm not gonna use the word you're gonna choke a bee Mm-hmm. Right. That's what he said. And he like walked away and whatever. And people got mad. Oh, you should have stood up to him. You know, my response would have been immediately. Does she want it? That's what I would have said. <laughs> Does she want it? What do you mean? Is it consensual? Well, no, then no. <laughs> she wants it. All right. Yeah. All right. Then it's, yeah. it's fine. Because that's how I always think. I don't judge the act. Right. I judge whether it's consensual or not. Do you want to be choked? Get choked. You don't? Don't get choked. That's it. It's literally that simple. And it doesn't matter if I like it or not. If you and your partner like that, good on you. Right. If you guys don't, also good on you. Is he still running for mayor? He is. He's going to be our next there's, mayor, I think. This is like you really think so? You really think he's yeah. going to be? There's yeah. how many people are, are running running for mayor? Out of four hundred and ninety-five. Like, yeah, I, I thought it's <laughs> whatever. Thousand people. It's a ton of people. They're, they're, but, they have a ton of people running. But you, but, you, but you really think he's got the momentum to... to uh, um, the to way win. New York City works, and it's so obvious that even our governor said it. The governor said, if you remember, he said, we're going to pick a mayor here, you know, in June. We're well, the election's not in June. Yeah. That's... The primary's in June. So what he's saying is whoever wins the Democratic Party is going to be the, 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 gov- the, the mayor. The mayor. Even he's saying it. There's letters that go out now saying... Don't waste your time. You have to register as a Democrat. Otherwise, you have no say in who's going to be the mayor of New York City. Democrat Party is actually mailing that. Yes. That's how obvious it is. Over 70% of New York City is registered Democrats. It's insane. Oh, my God. So, yes. So, there's like two Republicans running. And the only reason why Republicans run for mayor is only one thing. So they can get enough local attention to run for something local. To later. run for something local later. Right? That's it. Okay. Right. That's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. They go. I want to run for a Congress in 2024. Let me run for mayor now, so local people will see me. I'll get right. name recognition. So when I run for Congress, I'll win. So That's when I go up, so when I go back up to Rockland County, I'm, I'm yeah. Uh, they have. I'm, a, they, I'm they, the local guy. Correct. They have no idea. They're not going to win. They know they're not going to. So don't. That's not. A yeah. Thing. But we as libertarian running also, by the way, her name is Stacy Prussman. I support her completely. Okay. Um, and the reason why I want Stacy to run so badly is the advantage of Yang being the nominee is that the debate stage will be national because he's national. Because he's national, right? So that debate stage will be national. So how it works in New York City is a, there's a law in New York City. If you take public funds, and New York City is gross in this regard, if you're able to get $250,000 from 1,000 New Yorkers total, so 250 bucks from 1,000 New Yorkers, the state, the city will give you eight to one matching funds. Oh, the okay. The city will I write you that. a check for $2 million. I'm not joking. $2 million. Correct. Eight to one. 
You raise wow. a quarter million, you get two million. Here's your money. Yes. So you get two million dollars. That's how it works. So if Stacy can just do that, she'll get two million dollars. So which means she can actually run a campaign where people can see her. Doesn't mean right. she'll win, but she can be seen. But not just that. The law in New York City also says if you take that matching funds, you must debate. Ah. You must. If you take the money, you must debate. Yang will take the money, so everybody else who, who gets it, they'll take the money. Right. So now if Yang, if Yang actually wins the nominee, the nomination, there'll be three people on the debate stage. Democrat, Republican, Libertarian. I won Libertarian on the debate stage in the national debate. Right. That's what I want. Right. And the reality of if she has a chance of winning, which she does have a chance of winning, it's the Jesse Ventura piece. Jesse Ventura in in Minnesota wasn't Minnesota, winning. Right. Right. He wasn't winning. He knocked it out of the park in that debate and became governor of Minnesota. Yeah. So if she's got a shot at winning, she's got to get in a debate and she's got to put it over the park. She's got to put it out of the park. She can't just hit a home run. She got to put it out of the park. She does that. She can become mayor. What, what is the incentive of giving candidates money, uh, taxpayer money, like giving everybody two million bucks if they raise a certain a certain amount of money? Yeah. What, what the uh, Democrats also do in New York is they also do it for the primary only ranked choice voting. You you talked about this. Uh, yes, yes. Okay, because Expl explain that. I, I, ranked choice voting basically means you you vote for only the people that you want. In other words, let's say for example there are six people running for office, sake of argument, right? Mm -hmm. And two you can't stand, but four you like. Like if these four were, you'd be okay with them. These two you can't stand, so you only vote for four of them. You don't vote for six. You vote for four of them, and you rank them. The number one person I want is Jane. The second person I want is Bob. The third person I want is Daryl. And the fourth person I want is Lisa. That's who I want in that order. Make sense? Yes, but it doesn't, I don't see why that's, why you would want that. I'll tell you why in a second. So now what happens is they look at everyone's first choice, whoever that person is. Mm -hmm. Everyone's first choice. All right. Did that person get 50% plus one? If they did, they won. Let's say they didn't. Wow. Great. Who was the bottom? But, yeah. Whoever was, whoever was the bottom, that person comes out and all of those votes now go to their second choice. And now we retally. With the bottom people who lost theirs, if does their second choice now put the top person over? If they do, they won. If not, next person goes out. Their, theirs go now to second and the other guys go to first. Boom. Do it again. Keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it hmm. until eventually one person gets enough. What means what it means is that's, you that's never insane. vote for somebody you don't want. You only vote for someone you do want, and it takes away the wasted vote. Because say you really want, say, I'll go back to uh, you know 2016. I really wanted Gary Johnson to be president. Of course I did. I supported him heavily. So I would have voted for him number one. But what if I thought next, you know what who I wanted next? <sighs> I really would have rather had Trump than Hillary say. So I don't gotta be scared to vote and oh my God, I'll put Hillary in. No, I could vote Gary Johnson than Trump. If Gary Johnson loses, my vote goes to Trump. It's fine. Does that make sense? That's why ranked choice voting could work. Now, if I was scared of Trump and I want Hillary, I'd vote Gary Johnson than Hillary. And then boom, 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 either one would work. I think if you do ranked choice voting that way, it does allow for people to put their vote where they want to put it. 
And let's say I hated one of them, right? I I I didn't want um Gar- I didn't want you know Trump at all. So I just vote for Gary Johnson and, and Hillary Clinton. No, if I didn't want Hillary Clinton, I just vote Gary Johnson and I vote for Trump, and that's it. And then I know that at least the person I hate, I never vote for. And that's the value of ranked choice voting. That's why people want it so much. Well, I do want to kind of reiterate why I think ranked choice voting would work for third parties. And the issue why the Democrats do it is the Democrats do it because they were angry that the establishment person always wins. Okay. And they don't want that. They want the smaller parties to have choice. So now people could vote their number one person and not have the wasted vote thing pop up at all because if I don't get my guy, I still get another guy who I'm satisfied guy. with. I get someone I'm satisfied with anyway, right? And it also allows you to have coalitions. I would argue that if we had ranked choice voting in 2016, Gary Johnson might have been president. That Yes, that's a good point. Because he was everybody's second choice. Right. Right? So if in any given place, either Hillary or Trump didn't win – he was everybody's second choice. Everybody's second choice, right, right. So, and that's, we have ranked choice voting in the Libertarian Party. That's why Joe Jorgensen won our nomination last time. She was everybody's second choice. Right. That's how it works. Oh, man. It seems like such a, it's, you know, this whole idea, that, like, you're, you're supposed to believe that the, the whole idea of, like, okay, well, the best idea should win or the best, uh, you know, the best platform uh, should win, but it it, it it really is not, is it? it, it, it there's a lot of not layers into and there's something else that most people don't understand. And the biggest hurdle we have, people all the time say, well, just why don't you guys just have better candidates? Why don't you guys just do this? I hear it all the time. Because we physically cannot get on the ballot. If you are a Democrat or Republican, here's what I will tell you. You may not believe me, but do your own homework and you will find that I'm telling you the truth. Every single year, your party sues people to take them off the ballot. So that you don't even have an opportunity to vote for the person. You may not vote for them. They say that person cannot be on the ballot. And judges constantly go, yeah, get them off the ballot. That is embarrassing. All judges should be saying, send a ballot. Who cares? So what? And I'm going to walk down and people will say, well, then what if some illegal guys are on the ballot? First off, so what? What's the harm? And I'm going to give you a an outlandish example on purpose. Let's say the people of Tulsa, Oklahoma make a mistake. And they put Larry Sharp on their ballot for mayor. Now, I can't be the mayor of Tulsa. I don't live there. I'm sure there's residential issues. I would want to be. I don't know Tulsa. Why why in the world would I want to be the the mayor of Tulsa? It's not my town or city. I I don't know anything about it. But let's say they totally screw up and they put me, Larry Sharp, on the ballot in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the mayor. Okay. What's the worst that happens? The odds are almost no one votes for me. Maybe some people you know, on a goof or joking will go ahead and vote for me anyway. Maybe they will. Great. So I get 0.5% of the vote and whoever wins, wins. Fine. Let's say it's crazy. I win. What if I actually win? People go, oh my God, Larry Shelby, we love this guy. We're going to vote for him and I win. Great. If I actually win in some place like Tulsa, Oklahoma, which I, I have no connection to, I'm not there. It's not who I am. It's not where I am. And I probably can't be. There's probably rules I can't be it. What did that say about the two candidates you already had? It says the people didn't want those candidates. Go get new ones because I can't be the mayor. So obviously I don't get to win. They have to have another election, which is a good thing. There is no actual harm in having people on a ballot. 
the reason that that judges agree to that is shameful. They should say, so what? Put him on the ballot. So what? What's, what's the worst going to happen? People vote for him. They probably won't. They don't know who he is. There's no money anyway. What's the problem? You got to reprint the ballots anyway if we throw somebody off. So keep them on. And that's our biggest problem. Ballot access. Laws against it. Rulings against it. And parties that sue to keep us off. So there's always only two choices. There is our bigger problem. How do you sleep at night? Do you, do, do, do you, do you get any sleep? Um, depends on the day. <laughs> depends on the day. Um, I produce, give or take, eight hours of live content every week. Okay. Sometimes nine or ten hours, depends. And I do at least two other podcasts a week, sometimes three or four. Oh, I'm doing okay. three. You're my third one. You're my... You know, actually, this week, you're my first, no, second one this week, third total, three total. Wow. What, but, but, what does your family think about? I mean, do, do you have these discussions with your family about politics or when, you, or when you're home, is it all, uh, is it all, is it all family? Can you, can, can, you, uh, can you shut this off? Um, no, not really. It's tough to shut this off because I do so much of it. Yeah. Um, it's so much a part of my life. And I ran for office, which it was my life when I ran for office, right? It was right, right. literally every day. Um, so, and my wife, you know, she, she lives in New York. She sees it too. Mm-hmm. So we do talk about it, but not always. It's not like we talk about it always, but it's never gone, if that makes any sense. Gotcha. I know my, yeah. my youngest daughter, who's only 11, she doesn't pay attention to any of this, of course. She's, you know, being a elementary school kid. She pay attention old, to this. Right. My oldest one is 17 and she pays attention. Like she's interested, pays attention. Um, she's, she's a libertarian uh-huh. without question in her own mind. And I don't push it, but I don't know if you have kids in your life, but do. you don't have to push it. You know, they, they want, you wind up influencing your kids, whether you push it or not. So I never push it on my daughters, but I influence them because they're I am. Them, right. I do. Right. I know I do. You're so I think I've, I think I've influenced my wife a bit too. Um, my wife was a lifelong Democrat, um, now independent. Okay. So, um, and she voted for uh, Gary Johnson in 2016. So yay. Well, I, I would <laughs> hope so. I mean. <laughs> so that was good. She did vote for Gary Johnson in 2016. That's good. That would be interesting if she didn't. That'd be, that'd be an interesting conversation oh. if she didn't vote for Gary Johnson yes. in 2016. <laughs> and she voted for me in 2018, which is nice. So you can come back in the house. Basically. I can come back in the house. So so that was nice. So yes. My wife doesn't like me running for office. She doesn't enjoy that because I'm away a lot. She doesn't like that, obviously. But that's also um, got to be such a grind. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's you know, a you, horrible you, you, grind. Come, you come home. To, I mean, if you do come home, you come home to go to sleep and then you're, you're back up and you're, you're doing something else again. And you also, you also have a business to run, right? I mean, you, you still have I your did, I, No, not, not when I was running. I couldn't, right? Mm-hmm. That's the issue, right? I talked a lot of trash about people running for office prior to my run. And I said, if you're running for office it's, and, if, and it's either national or statewide, you should not have a job. You should be doing that. Why are you taking our time, money, and energy so you can go out on the weekends and, and do some you know, podcasts on the weekends? Right. Just do podcasts on the weekends. Don't run for office. Just do podcasts on the weekend. You don't need to, have, you don't need to be running for office. You're not doing anything. People say, I ran for this, I ran for that. No, you didn't. You signed, your piece, you signed a piece of paper saying you're in office and you did your day-to-day life, and every once in a while you, you did a podcast. That's not running for office. I ran for office. I did at least 30 events every month, minimum. Yeah. I didn't work for a year and a half. I didn't take a salary for a year and a half. Wow. Because I was crossing the state. I crossed the entire state. Yeah, you, hit every, you hit every county. 
every single county. You hit every county in Every New York single State. county. 100%. I was not playing games. I did Joe Rogan. I did Dave Rubin. Mm-hmm. I did Glenn Beck. I was on all of those shows I'd get myself on. I crossed the state. I was on na- I was on national news. Whatever it took, I was on to make things happen. And I raised half a million dollars. That's money, right? Right. So people say, well, why don't you just run again? Because it's brutal. Because it's... <laughs> That's the reason. It's brutal. If it's the old square of running for office, I'm running for this. Meaning you just put your name on a sheet of paper. I can do that all day long, but I'll also make no impact. And I'm not about doing stuff that makes no impact. I want to make impact. Mm -hmm. So I'll I'll be deciding this summer whether I'll be running for governor again. Okay. If I believe I can make impact, I'll do it. If I believe that I can't, I won't. Because I'll have to stop working this summer again. No day job, no nothing. Hardcore back on the road for the oh, next man. year and a half. Oh man, that's got that's, that's, that's got to be tough though. I mean, like the because you built you built that business by yourself, right? Correct. You built it by yourself, and and that's yep. I mean to give that up. I, it shows how dedicated you are, and and you know, if we I, want change, we want change. Yeah. Now, why? Well, that, we don't want change. You, you've answered this question before, but why don't you just like take your your business, go to a much more friendlier, uh, friendlier uh, environment, and somewhere else, and run your business, and make, you know have a little bit more money in your pocket, and then they, you know, they might even listen to you uh, uh, politically. Why, why are you staying in the, under Lord Cuomo's reign? It is a, a great question, and it's the reason. It's the number one reason why I ran for governor. There are many reasons why I ran. Number one was I was going to leave. I was considering packing up and where I was looking at the time, this is in 2016, 20, yeah, 2017, that area, the place I was looking was Charlotte, North Carolina, mm. because what I do for a living, I need, I need a big city around. Otherwise, I can't really make any money unless there's a big city someplace. So Charlotte's a pretty big city, big metro area, hub, large companies there. Right. I can survive there and, and do my consulting work and, and make money. So I was considering going there and I started looking at homes and things. And when I saw, I got there, I realized, I could sell my home, my 20 foot wide home that touches on both sides in Queens, <laughs> 20 feet wide, not acres, not yards, feet <laughs> wide house. I could sell that thing and buy a mansion in North Carolina, oh, pay man. less taxes with money to left over. And I was like, why does my state suck? Mm. Like, why do, why do I have to leave? Why do I have to leave the place I'm born, where my friends and family is, where my business, why do I have to leave? I'm pissed off. I got angry. So I said, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to stop talking trash. I'm going to do something. So I did something. All in. I, one of the things I noticed in this, uh, in this pandemic, you know, not, not, you know we're, we're all, we're, we're home a little bit more. We're shopping online a little bit more. I was, I'm amazed at how many things don't come from New York. Yes. I was absolutely yes. flabbergasted that you can't that everywhere else in the country you can get coffee, cigars, you can get, you know, you can get even 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 the liquor we have you can get. You can only get it in state. You can't you can't and it's it baffled me. It's like, wait a minute. Like we regulate everybody out. Yes, absolutely. We regulate like, everybody out. Yeah. It's almost not worth it to to build a business. It isn't. I agree. This is why people leave. It's why I believe. And if you notice, there was a conversation about how to make more money for New York. And one of the tax ideas was the t- transaction fee taxes. 
right? So when banks do transactions and such, do that because the only place that we don't devastate in New York State is finance, because they're one of our biggest, you know, donors and our biggest ways of making money. Finance has been leaving New York State for a long time because most people haven't figured out because government workers like His Majesty have never worked in the private sector and no idea what it's like. They'll understand that back in the day, tech used to follow finance. Those days are over. Those days are over, yeah, yeah. Finance follows tech. Yeah. Tech is in San Francisco. Finance is going there. But tech is now even leaving San Francisco. It's going to Austin, Texas. Yes. So as it goes to Austin and Dallas, so what are they thinking about? Moving down there. So why do you think the New York Stock Exchange and Goldman Sachs both said, we may leave? Mm. Goldman Sachs said, we might go to Florida. The New stock, York ex- stock Exchange stock exchange said, we might go to Dallas. Really? Why'd they say that? For only one reason. Right. Because Mr. Cuomo would not tax transactions. Ta- okay. Okay. That's it. People don't know that. That's exactly why. If he had taxed transactions, they would have left. They were left. They lost them. And he's like, that's the end. That's the end of New York. New York's already finished. But that would have been a final knife in the heart. We're bleeding out right now. We're literally bleeding out. Yeah, it's so, like we were on life support and then this pandemic hit. And then it sort of like became this convenient little monster that, that Cuomo could blame uh, could, could blame everything on. And uh, right. I remember having conversations with friends. I live, I live out in Long Island. I don't live in the five boroughs anymore. I live out in Long Island. But I would have these conversations with friends. And uh, basically tell them, I said, no, we were, we were like being resuscitated to begin with. It, it was like we were, we were on we the- We had a $6 billion deficit yeah, we were before on the journey. COVID. We were on the yes. journey. We were on the journey yes. before COVID, you know? Yes. And now it kind of exacerbated it, but you know, Lord Cuomo doubled down and it, it's, 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 I think you said this before. I said you almost gotta like admire the the, the chutzpah. Oh yeah! Oh no, no. Just... I respect the game. I <laughs> totally respect the game, and I would say it always. Right when when people were saying, "Oh my God, there's ten women who are accusing him. He's finished." If you remember, I said, "No, he's not. Yeah. No, he's not. He is an aggressive, savvy, ruthless politician." And if you saw my my take on his um on his budget, I expressed in his budget how he did veiled threats with everybody. He literally did veiled threats. So the entire budget was it was was an entire was was sixteen pieces of veiled threats. He he threatened lots of people. He threatened Lisa James. He threatened all the other people. He said things. He said things like, if you notice, he never mentioned Lisa James, the AG, in any of his other budgets right. ever. Never right. mentioned them. He did this time. And we're mm. going to put her in charge of this, and we're not going to move unless she says unless she says yes. What does that mean? It means two things. I'm offering you a way to look good. Take it. But if you take it, if you screw up, I'm blaming you. That's what he was doing. Why do you put her in charge of everything? Yeah. He's Attorney General. She's in charge of this. Why? Police reform. She's in charge of all these things. Why? Right? Why? Because you're saying, I'm, and he literally said, we won't do anything unless she says yes. Who's in charge of that, that um, investigation? Her. Uh, uh. Yes. And he also said, I negotiated hard with you know Biden, and now I have the funds from Biden. Why is he saying that? Because he's saying now, you guys are all in trouble, and you want those Biden bucks. Mm-hmm. I control the Biden bucks. I control the Biden bucks, yeah. Turn on me, you don't get any. 
Well, didn't he? Didn't he hold counties hostage for? Uh, yes, for he did. Reform and, and he. Yes, he did. Absolutely. Yes, he did. And that what what was what he meant when he says, "I'll show you." That's him using power again. Yeah. But he does. So he's not done. He's not done. He's not going down like that. No way. No way. But he doesn't actually mind the relatively. He's okay with the harassment piece because it takes away from the murder piece of, uh, <laughs> uh, right, of, of the, uh, of the yeah. people, right? I mean, which, look, which I don't want to be a sexual harasser, but I'd rather be that than a murderer. Than but a if, murderer I, exactly. if I got to choose, I'm going to go with harasser. If I got to choose, if my only two choices are that or murderer, I'll, I'll go with harasser at that point. I'll well, be with that one. You know, as as that was unfolding, I I just I, I it was one of those things where I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was like, wait a minute, you you signed the executive order? No, it happened from the Trump administration, dude. We have a signed piece of paper here <laughs> that says that says this is what you're going to do. Why are you yes. trying to blame somebody else? And he just kept going down that road. Yes, absolutely. Everything New York got ambushed. There's attack on New York, an assault on New York. It's the federal government screwed me. Trump's fault. And the problem is most New Yorkers just hate Trump. They just do. They hate him. So it feels good to go, yeah, yeah. evil Trump. Let's get that guy. So now Cuomo can say, see, who's going to defend you from Trump? It's me. I'm the guy. And I know Trump beat you up, made you feel bad. He made me feel bad, too. See, don't we both hate Trump? And people go, we do. Don't yeah. See, so I'm not that bad. How bad could I be? I'm not we're Trump. The, we're in the same boat, yes. We're in the same boat, this yes. anti-Trump world. Trump's still getting us, right? That's, and sadly, people laugh when I say that, but it works. Like, it works. There are still people that I know in New York City who still hate Trump. Like, still. He's not president anymore. And they're still like, yeah. but did Trump did. Like, he's not president anymore. Yeah. He's some guy in Florida who's yelling about, I don't know. Whatever he's yelling about. That's, what he's, that's yelling who he is about. now. Yes. Yeah, some people are still putting up Trump memes and stuff and, and just Absolutely. And like like dude, he's 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 gone. So can we just can we just move? That that, that that's another question I had for you. Uh, why we seem to like no longer even listen to the message anymore. It's the actor involved. Correct. You know, and so it yes. doesn't even matter what that person says. Correct. Uh if I like the actor, then I'm all for it. If I don't like the actor, well, it's 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 evil. And let's get rid of it. I remember as a little kid, I used to watch the old Star Trek from the 60s. Okay. Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, right? All that stuff. Well, the actor who plays Captain Kirk is William Shatner. And he then did a TV show in the 80s, I think, called TJ Hooker. Right. Right? Terrible show. <laughs> I watched every episode because Captain Kirk was on it. That's why I watched it. Terrible uh-huh. show. If you watch it now, it's almost unwatchable. It's yes. so bad. Like if you watch the YouTube of it now, you'd be like, Larry, why do you hate me? Why are you forcing me to watch this? Why? What have I done to you, Larry, that you would force me to watch this hunk of garbage? And I watched every episode because Captain Kirk was on it. It was Captain Kirk. That's why I watched it. I wasn't calling him TJ Hooker. I was going, oh, Captain Kirk's going to jump in the car now. Go, Captain Kirk. That's all I was thinking. I was just thinking. It was still Captain Kirk to me. It wasn't TJ Hooker. I didn't care. So anyway, my, my point being, I think we're still there now. Like if if my guy says it, it's right. Yeah. If the other guy says it, it's wrong. And the reason why it's right is because my guy says it. 
Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's wrong is because your guy said it. But here's some facts, Larry. Okay, don't confuse me with those facts. Yeah. That's just going to confuse me. I've already decided that you're evil. Therefore, whatever you say is by default wrong. Right. And this goes right back to the old thing I would say. It's a lot easier that way. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a lot easier. Yeah. So what, what happens is now there's it was a saying. James Carville said this years ago, and he was so right. He said, the media now, people use the media the way a drunk uses a lamppost. For support, not for light. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's exactly right. So I watch my news so that they'll say what I want them to say, right? Mm-hmm. I want to believe that George Floyd is a martyr. So I watch MSNBC and they tell me that he's a martyr. He's a martyr. I want to believe George Floyd is an evil person who deserved to die. So I watch Fox News and they tell me that he's an evil person who deserves to die. That's it. I want to believe the thing. So I watch the show that tells me what I want to believe. And I go, yeah, I knew I was right. There we go. Whew, yeah. I am smart, John. I'm brilliant. And we I got am. and we got tech companies who figured out how to keep feeding that to you. If you uh, absolutely like the moment you plug in plug in on something, it just keeps feeding you the same thing over and over and over again in different forms. Absolutely. So that reinforces it. The, the thing is, there's a thing called social proof, which is a way that people are influenced. Which means if if more than one person is is saying it or agreeing with it, it's probably true. It's probably true. Now, uh, Fox News was the best at starting this a couple years ago. Now, all everyone copies Fox News. And what Fox News used to do about, I don't know, 15 years ago, whatever it was, is the morning show would start a story. Like the morning show would be together and they go, okay. you know what I heard? That guy, John, likes to punch cats. Really? He likes to punch cats? Yeah, that's what I heard. And the next show comes out, the morning show. I don't know what you heard, but someone in the morning show was talking about this guy, John, likes to punch cats. Oh, he likes, I heard that too. Then the third show comes on. Everybody's talking about John is cat punching. And before you know it, it's three and four things. And John, <laughs> you're a cat puncher. That's just who you are. Everybody's talking about it. And the problem is if I'm listening to the same station, which most people do multiple times a day, right. I then hear that same story from different people. This guy, John, punches cats. He's got to. Of course he does. Now, now Fox is the only one who does that. MSNBC, MSNBC does that. CNN right. does that too. But CNN started that with the nighttime shows, not the daytime shows. Ah, okay. Right? That's how they began it. Now CNN does, does the same thing. They all do the same tactics. But CNN do, and MSNBC was the best when it came to nighttime shows. They, they'd have three or four people in nighttime shows. Each one, same narrative. Okay. So you would actually hear the same narrative. The same so narrative. whenever you, ha- and whenever you happen to watch the TV, like say you were someone who eats dinner early. So you would watch it at eight, not at seven. Or you eat dinner late, so you watch it at seven, not at eight. Doesn't matter. Whenever you would watch it, if you and I both watched MSNBC, I said, you hear about that guy, John O'Kiss Cats? Me too. I heard it too. I heard it on so-and-so. Oh no, I heard it on so-and-so. Oh my God, it's real. And what does that mean? Well, now I see it on Facebook. And now I see my friends talk about it as they repost it and they like and they comment on it. I dealt with that uh, today when I was doing my show. I had three, four, five people tell me the jury was swayed by force of violence in the Chauvin case, right? And I said, why would you think that? Well, you know, people are talking about it. It's utterly not true. I don't believe it. I said it. I don't think it's true. We put away mobsters. We put away MS-13 gang members. 
we put away Crips and Bloods. We put away ma- mafiosos. We put away mm-hmm. cartel members. If you're not afraid of those guys, you're afraid of BLM and Tifa. You're afraid of you know twenty people in black masks who might throw a can of soup at you. Compared <laughs> to MS13, who will literally cut your head off with a machete. Yes, literally cut your head off with a machete while you're alive. If you're not afraid of MS13, you don't give a damn about BLM or Antifa. Gonna throw a can of soup at you or whatever. Spray paint your house. You're not scared of that. And I've been on a jury. Juries aren't aren't swayed by that. They're not swayed by that. They are often sequestered. They are protected. Um, they're just not. Yeah. So, but people believe it. Why? Because people talk about it. Because people swayed. talk. This is why. How 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 can we get like unbiased news? I mean, does that even exist anymore? I mean, can you find um, sources of of where you just get, hey, this is what happened. This is when it happened. This is the fact. Blah. There it is. I think yes, and most of it is on Sunday shows, right? I watch weekend shows. And when I watch it, you have to watch it with a specific, it's going to sound horrible, with a specific tint. If you ever seen my show, I will often, I will often do um, videos where I'll show um, two shows I tend to show a lot of, three, I think, total. Michael Smirkanish's show on Saturday, which mm-hmm. is on CNN. Um, Fareed Zakaria's show, which is on CNN on Sunday. And Mark Wallace's show, which is on Fox News Sunday. And usually you get decent data there. And also, believe it or not, morning local news. I know it morning sounds crazy. Local news. Okay. Morning local news, like New York One or Fox 5 News. Local news also gives you that. But the difference is, look at it through the right lens. Fareed Zakaria is clearly a lefty. It's mm-hmm. not close. Clearly, openly a lefty. But he gives you real data. He just spins it wrong. So I get the actual data from him. This is what he'll often do. And government wrong, government bad, government fail. So answer, I can now shut off. Because okay. answer is more government. What else would you need? If we just gave them more money and had longer, bigger, better government, then everything would be awesome. That's his always his answer. And I know that to be true. I'm not mad at him. That's how he thinks. That's okay. how he thinks, right. But he does give me the info that I need. So I get, and then I come up with my own spin, which is why you'll often see me critique them and then tell you what really it is, right? Because I'm not talking, I'm always talking about what I think will get us the best results. What will have the least force and no extra taxes. That's always what I'm looking for. He is looking for how can I impose my will upon those people who will not do as I say? And that's most people. That's just most people. I wish it wasn't true, but it is. You think most people have that intention, really? 100%. I'm right, do as I say. Most leaders have that because they're leaders. So if you're a leader, you assume either I deserve this or I'm smart or I have the power, so do as I say. Mm. I'm the smart guy, so shut up and do what I say because I'm smart. That's how people think. If you're in a leadership position. I don't. I always, I know one thing, I do this for my teaching in my in my business classes, right? I said the same thing. If you can have, if you can actually create diversity of thought with unity of purpose, you are the most powerful. You have the best chance to have the right answer. You might have wrong answer, but your Mm -hmm. odds are high. Here's what I also know. Three people in good faith are always smarter than any one person, period, no matter what. If you got three people in good faith 
three people who are trying to do the same purpose, they're always smarter than any individual. I don't care how smart I think I am. If right. there's three of you thinking on the same issue, you're smarter than me. And if I accept that as true, why in the world wouldn't I take advantage of that every time I possibly can? There's an old saying, you can get a whole lot done if you don't care who gets the credit. Oh, yeah. And if you see my website, LarrySharp.com, my blog, over half of it's not me. Like you can see, I give other people credit on my blog. Write it. Yeah. And then they can post it. It's right. You, I give them credit all the time. You made a point of that when you when you ran for governor. It's like you don't care where the good ideas come from. You just want the good ideas. Absolutely. So I, I, Absolutely. I care. I, you know, you were all... I mean that that was one of that was one of your things. You were like, "Come on, give me some ideas. I'll give you credit." Absolutely. Let's fix stuff. <laughs> I'm here to fix stuff, and I want the opposite too. People said, "Well, Larry, if you remember my Joe Rogan interview at the end of Joe Rogan, mm -hmm. he's teasing me. He's like, Larry, it's a great idea. You better lock these things down.'" I said, "Why?" He goes, "People will steal them." I said, "Good, take them. I don't have to run. Fix my state. I'll just go back to work." Good. <laughs> I don't gotta fix them. You fix it. Why don't you run? Take my stuff. I'll go back to work. You think I want to run around for a year and a half with no salary killing myself? No, you do that. You go do that. I'm going to go back to work, fix my state. Well, well we, we've gotten so caught up into thinking that like the way things work are the way they should be working. We're just not doing them well. Yes. And and when you when you were running for governor, you brought that up. You brought that up with our with education. Mm -hmm. um, you brought that up with uh, with, with, with health care and, 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 and medical insurance. What, yep. Why do we keep why do we keep just perpetuating this notion that this thing, you know, it hasn't worked the way we wanted it to. But you know what? If we throw a little bit more money at it, if we had a couple more bureaucrats in it, maybe if this school had, you know, four or five more assistant principals, things will be better. And it never is. It never is. Why are we so scared to, like, pull the plug and say, look, this stuff doesn't work. We got to be willing to do something else. Because most people, when they give these ideas, don't do a good enough pitch on the ideas. What do I mean by that? The idea has to be radical enough so that people notice it, but familiar enough so that they're not scared or aren't confused. That's not easy. I tried very hard to do that every single time, and I couldn't do it every time. I did it a couple times. One of my best ones was probably regulate cannabis like onions. Yeah. And I just came up with that when I was, I was in Western New York, and people that are in Western and Central New York, we grow onions. Most people don't know that, but that's true. Mm -hmm. If you live in that area, you know, right? So that's where people um, grow a lot of onions there. So I decided onions because that's where I was. So I said, we should regulate cannabis. And I was like, like onions, because I know you guys grow onions. And that just kind of stuck. But the idea was regulate is a word that people understand and feel comfortable with. It's not like right. anarchy with, with cannabis. People get scared. I said, no, no, regulate it. But like onions, meaning like a plant like a vegetable, right? Which is actually kind of radical for a drug. So it's radical enough that it gets attention, but familiar enough to where people aren't scared or pushed away. If we do more of that, we'll get more people hearing us. It's just not easy to do that all the time. And most libertarians, when they start talking, they're more worried about being more libertarian than the other than anything else. Oh, really? It's a common thing. Right. Uh, I remember when I did this regular like onions thing at in front of uh, libertarians and people go, what makes the government have the right to regulate onions? And I was like, stop, give me this. 
Just right now, people go to jail for weed. Why are you fighting up whether the government has a right to regulate onions? One step at a time, my friend. We're yeah. One step at yeah, a time. I said, yes. So people got mad at me for that. Like, oh, this is terrible. You want them to regulate onions. I'm like, oh, just stop. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> yes. Which is one of the reasons why I don't spend that much time around libertarians. That's <laughs> interesting. Yes. Well, li- li- being libertarian seems, I mean, it, it sounds like it should be like sexy. You know, it, it sounds like it should be, hey, we're just going to follow the Constitution if, if we can't Which is find- why most Republicans who hate Trump call themselves libertarians. Right. That's the reason. Right. But, 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 but why, isn't, why isn't there more of a draw to, to libertarians? I mean, why is it, why is it, it it's more like a talking point. It's more, mm-hmm. like a, it's more like a measure of where you stand on something, okay? Like the real thing because- is either be Republican or Democrat, and libertarian is kind of like a gauge as to how, how, how Republican or Democrat you are. Correct. Uh, and the reason is we don't have any political power. And it goes back to what I talked about earlier about ballot access, right? We have to have victories and have access to the ballot. You've got to see us on the ballot. We have to be an actual choice for you. They go out of their way to make sure there's no choice for you. You don't have an option. You have Democrat, Republican, that's it. If we actually had more choice and people could see us and we had some more victories, we'd be valid, but not even victories. You know, I only got 2% in my run for governor, which again, for libertarian was great. We'd never got anywhere near that. Um, the last guy who ran got about a sixth <clears> of that. I mean, he got nothing. He got less than that. He got less than half percent. Um, so compared to others, it was great. It was the most libertarian that ever gotten. So relative, it was great. But to everybody else in New York, it was just another 2% loser, right? They didn't care. But imagine if I'd gotten 10%, 15%. Imagine that happened. I still lost, right? I still would have lost. But if I got 10, 15%, most of America judges a politician's success not by whether their message got out or they got a percentage based upon something else, but based upon an actual percentage. If I got 10 or 15%, I'm now valid in the public's eye. Right. Not just that. If I got 10 or 15%, that means I'm pulling hundreds of thousands of thousands of votes, which means if I go on TV, people watch. If people watch... They want me on TV. They want you on TV. I wouldn't only be doing podcasts. I'd be doing TV shows too. I'd be doing both. Mm. So, which means I'd be making it better for everybody. And that's what I like us to do. Make it better for everybody. That's the, that, that's the kind of like the stumbling block for, for libertarians, right? Like, like just that, that's the hump. That's the hump to get over. And the panacea, the cure-all is only one thing. And I keep telling people this, but they don't want to hear it. Be more popular. That's the answer. Be more popular. Well, people, but if you say that, people think you mean populist. No, popular, meaning like be Kim Kardashian, okay. like be Kanye West, like that. Be popular, right? Let people know who you are. Be if you're on YouTube, be PewDiePie, whatever. Be the popular <laughs> guy. I don't care who it is, but be popular. I'm serious. You know, no, no, there are many reasons why Trump was our president. But the number one reason that you cannot escape no matter what is he had The Apprentice for 11 years. Yeah. If you pull out any other aspect of Trump, he may or may not have been president, right? It depends. You pull out The Apprentice, he's not president. That's the number one thing of all. There were many things, but the number one thing was that people saw him in the living room. They knew who he was. He didn't recognize him. He was popular. He was America's boss or whatever they called him, that kind of thing they gave, right? Whatever. They gave him that thing, that moniker. So, yeah, he was he was already popular. So 
That's the answer. Kim Kardashian did more for criminal justice than Obama did. Yep. And why? Because she's super smart. I don't know if she's smart. I have no idea. Because she's super savvy. I don't know. But one thing I do know is she's popular. Yep. And people will say, well, 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 Larry, Kim Kardashian has no talent. I know this. Yes, yeah, she does. I'll tell you what her talent is. She's able to stay relevant for 20 years. Yeah. There's a whole lot of people, celebrities, who wish they had that talent. Look, she got an appointment at the White House with no inter- with no intermarries. No, Thank you. No, nobody with nobody interfering. So that's correct. Like she yes. pretty much called, say, "Hey, I need to talk to you about something." Sure, come on, through. Yeah. come on. Through. Kim Kardashian, what? Yes. yes, three o'clock. Good. Yes, <laughs> three o'clock. Good. I'll send my jet. Yeah. Anyway, you know. And and, and, and got, I got and, a jet. I'll go. Yes, and got some legit reform done. Actually, hundred percent. And yes. and 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 I it, during those during those Trump years, I was always miffed at people who who just like would would bash him and bash him and bash him and bash him and say you know what you know if you did the other thing you might get what you want like if you just did you know rather than say well you know i think our president's uh off the mark you know if you just said something like well you know i'd like to talk with him because i think he's got a couple of good ideas and i think we can meet somewhere in the in the middle and guess what you, you might hear me all the time say this I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I always give credit where credit is due. Yeah. I am not a fan of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She is my congressperson. I'm not a fan. However, I will always say she busted her rump for this seat. Now, she was funded, but she busted her rump. Her team knocked on my door. My wife was here. She knocked on every door. She talked to every person. She was out there on her own. She was hustling. And I will give her credit. The woman hustled for a seat. Not not this last time. Last time I didn't say it at all. But the first time. She actually hustled for a seat. That seat was not given to her. I can give the woman credit. Why not? Doesn't mean I believe in her policies or want to vote for her again. I'm not saying that. Again, I didn't vote for her the first time. But I'm just saying not like like I would want to, you know, support her. But I can still give her credit. I wanted Gary Johnson to be president. Doesn't mean I hated Trump. It means I like Gary Johnson better. Right. That's what it means. Can, can a libertarian slide in as a Republican? Can a libertarian slide in as a Democrat? I'm not sure what that means. Can you define that? Just, you know, like your, your money comes from being a Republican candidate, but your, your ideas come from a libertarian point of view. Your funding yes. comes from being a Democratic candidate. But the structure of the things that you want to change in your policy come from a libertarian structure. It depends upon the race. Nationally, generally speaking, no. Locally, yes. The question is, how many people do you have and how much establishment do you need? The more establishment you need to win, the less that's true. Does that make sense? Yes. So if I'm running a race where I really need establishment money. I need the party to give me money, not individual donors. I need the party infrastructure, the party establishment to step up and pay me. No, you can't. You got to, when the party gives you money, you do what the party says. But if I had a couple of big Republican donors, a couple of big Democrat donors, yes, of course you could. Because the donors want what they want done, right. which may or may not agree with the party platform. Depends. If you found libertarian-leaning Democrats, Republicans as big donors who would write some big checks, 100% yes. 
hundred percent you should do it. That's the issue. But could you survive afterwards? Probably not. And I think Justin Amash is an example of that. Uh, Thomas Massey is an example of that. Rand mm-hmm. Paul is an example of that. They they all have to eventually kiss the ring of the Republican Party of the leadership is or leave. Or leave. That's their option. Leave or kiss the ring. Eventually, you bend the knee. You bend the knee or you leave. Amash left. Massey and Rand bend oh. the knee. Uh, that, what, That's what, how it works. Wasn't there a time in politics where like your 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 politician? Well, there was a time in politics where everything was like locally locally based and, and nobody really cared about what was happening in Washington, D.C. Now it seems like the only thing we care about is what happens in Washington, D.C. Because and it we, affects everything. And the reason and, why it affects everything is through money. Federal funds seeps into everything. That's the problem. If right. federal funding didn't seep into everything, we wouldn't care. But it does. Money goes out of the, the counties, out of municipalities, goes up to the state and up to the federal government, and then is doled back out in the Hunger Games. And as it's doled back out in the Hunger Games, we have to care because we don't we don't eat if we don't win. We're our champion. <laughs> Otherwise, we don't eat, right? <laughs> so we got to eat. Did they do it right? Is that, is that the right answer? Is that how you do it? I, 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 I don't know. Whatever. I didn't see the movie. My, my daughter liked it. Whatever. So 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 what would happen if if very slowly, let's just just pick whatever county decided that, you know what, we're going to do this. We're going to do this on our own. We're going to we're going to buy bits and pieces, start rejecting some federal funding, start rejecting federal money here and there. We finished. And, and we finished. Out, Impossible. You, you, Impossible. You don't think they'd be able to do it? Impossible. Because what would happen is they, then get, they would then get pressure from the state. So that they, they have to get rid of both federal and state funding. And for counties to get rid of that, they, t- they take such a bath. They would take such a bath and be punished. They would take a massive bath. And I mean, they're, they're, we have unfunded mandates right now in New York State, as an example, that for some parts of the unfunded mandates, 80 to 90% of the budget is already decided by the state. Wow. The state tells you what you must spend your money on. And it's unfunded. So what that means is I have to spend my money on this. Right. And now I don't take federal funds or I don't take state funds. I don't have a budget. Literally, there's no budget. There's no budget. I can they, literally do nothing. And they don't reward you for being fiscally responsible with that. No, budget they punish you, actually. They actually yeah. punish you. Because remember, the more money that you take, the more they own you. Right? The more money you take, the more they own you. So they want you taking money. They want you to. How else are they valid? Right. Right. So it's it's in their best interest. So my entire point, if you remember my education plan, Mm -hmm. my education plan was to cut the budget and to deal with all the issues and fix things and be able to lose the $6 billion that we get from the federal government. We get $6 billion from the federal government to run our education plan. That's supposedly local. Right. They control everything. Why do you think there's no shop class in most so many schools now? No home ec, no civics. Why? Because it's not in the test. The test is how you decide how much money you get. So teachers teach the test because that's where you get paid. Right. So you create an environment that says, teach the test so I can give you money. So what do they do? Teach the test. Teach the test. What do they teach their kids to do? To think? No, to pass the test. And the sad part is when kids get out in the world, tests mean nothing. Mean they are useless. Nothing. They have zero value whatsoever. So we've taught kids for 12 years to pass tests that mean garbage, have zero value, don't help them in any way, shape, or form. 
And why? Federal funds. Get the federal funds out. You will have better schools. Mm. Literally that simple. Man, you paint such a bleak picture, man. I don't even know if I should wake up in the morning tomorrow. Oh, it's terrible. That just came <laughs> It's terrible. Oh, no, no. We, we, we are literally marching in lockstep towards oligarchy. New York State yes. and America as a whole yes. is marching in lock, lock step, marching towards oligarchy and then default. There's no way we can retain. I remember a, a comedian saying this, and he was totally right. He's talking to his friend. His friend says, man, China's in trouble. And he's like, why? <laughs> we owe them a trillion dollars. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're right. Because we're never paying that back. Because we're never paying that back. <laughs> we're never paying that back. <laughs> I was I, I was amazed at also at how much stuff comes out of China that like yep. I was just curious as to why we don't like I looked up how to make a saline bag. It's kind of I don't want to say it's easy because I don't do it, but it's not a difficult. No, it's easy. It's not a difficult thing. So we we can't here in the USA make saline bags. So if we find ourselves in a medical emergency. We can just ramp up our production of saline bags rather than, who's, you know, call China. Who's going to buy them? Who's going to buy them? Well, we'd buy them, wouldn't we? Wouldn't, wouldn't we buy them from our own companies? Not when they cost more money. Why right. would we? Why do you think people go to Walmart? Right. They go to Walmart because it's high quality goods? No, because it's cheap. Right? You You can go to your local store. And spend 50 cents for crayons. Or you can go to Walmart and spend 25 cents for crayons. Right. So what do people do? They go to Walmart and spend 25 cents for crayons. Those come from China and are full of poison for your kids. And they do it anyway. Or you can get the cool ones that are 50 cents and don't have poison for your kids. And you don't do it. So, yeah. If we change our shopping habits, I'm saying yes. And there's some evidence that we can do it, right? I talk about New York all the time. New York has a brewery industry or had before COVID. Had a brewery industry yeah. um, in upstate New York. And there were many New Yorkers who would go into a bar and purposely pay an extra dollar or two for a beer because they wanted the local brew that they liked. That's a cop. Well, it was a common thing when we had yeah. bars. Uh, so we would go there. We would just do that. And when our when our buying habits change like that, you encourage a brewery industry to keep brewing beers. And when you start making a lot more beers, as you know, scalability, it starts right. becoming cheaper. Right. Now it's cheaper to do that. The point is, who are you going to get to buy your sailing bags so that you can ramp up to where it's cheaper, to where it makes sense with China? If China can get you sailing bags for whatever, 10 cents a bag or whatever they cost, I don't know what they mm-hmm. cost, 10 a bag, and mine costs 50 cents a bag, why would you buy mine? Right. Why would you? You got to get someone to buy my bags at 50 cents, and then eventually I can make it cheaper to where now, in scale, I can get to about 15 cents. Okay, now maybe you'll buy my, my sailing bags now. That changes. Part of that is pushing China, not by government, but by us saying, I'm not buying your crayons because I don't believe in Uyghur slave labor. Right. So I'm not going to buy your, your stuff. And I do that myself. I don't go to Walmart ever. I don't buy from Walmart. And I pay extra. But that's fine. You don't have to. I don't. I talk trash. So I got to, I got to, if I'm going to talk the talk, I got to walk the walk. walk. So I don't go to Walmart. You, you don't, I never go to Walmart. I'll, I'll pay more. I will just pay more. Or I won't buy it. One of the two. I won't yeah. buy it or, or I'll pay more. I'm not doing it. So I don't I don't do Walmart. Um yeah. because of that reason. And China and companies like China's companies, countries like China's are No, no, that was correct. <laughs> that was correct. You said it right. Correct. 
Well, there's, I mean, when, when, when you get down to what they're, what they're absolute, I mean, they do have an absolute goal of being the center of the world's economy. That's literally said, what their kanji is. And their I think literal they said kanji it, is middle kingdom, the yes. center of the world. And and I think they set like a target in like 2050 or something like that. Or or or, but I, they're on their way. They're <laughs> they're getting there. They're they getting are. there, and they sort of put but, it, and they sort of put us in this in this in this quandary because. Okay, the, you know, we have this thing called the Constitution that says you can do whatever you want. So if you have your business, you I'm can not go there. Do whatever you, can. you want now. Well, you you I, I don't mean do whatever you want, but you can take your business and you can have China produce your produce your produce your products uh, for less, and then you can provide it for for citizens here at a less at a less cost. But that doesn't mean China has to abide by. Uh, the rules that we have here, so they can use forced labor. They can use unless uh, we stop them. Labor. But we don't stop them. And, but I know. But the reason is because they're waiting for government to do it when we can do it. All you have to do, you want to stop it? It's grossly simple. Stop buying Chinese. It's done. It's that simple. Do you want to stop Walmart from buying Chinese? Bo- boycott Walmart for two quarters. Walmart's rich enough to survive a quarter of boycott. They'll they'll survive a quarter. Two quarters? Okay, we'll stop. Done. The problem is we don't organize. Problem is we don't do it. Just stop buying from Walmart for just two quarters. Go to Target instead. Go to Kmart, whatever. For two quarters. Just don't go to Walmart for two quarters. Guaranteed they'll change everything. They have a choice. Of course they would. And they'll do one of two things. They'll either not buy from China or they will force China to change. One of the two things will happen. Right. I'm always looking at the root, not at the branches. The branches, China, bad. Yell at China. It doesn't work. Yell at China doesn't work. Right. I don't care. They don't care. Right? They don't care. They don't care. You're, you're evil. Yeah, and? Yeah, what's the point? <laughs> Here, buy my stuff and shut up. That's okay, right. I'll buy it. Here's yeah. another Huawei phone. Go ahead. <laughs> Here's another phone. Shut up. <laughs> That's it. Fine, I'll shut up. Thanks for the phone. Cheap phone, thanks. That's what happens. Don't buy the phone. And they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not buying a phone. No, why not? Because you guys are evil. No, no, we've been evil for, for a long time. But you don't want to buy a phone now? No. Oh, maybe we shouldn't be evil. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't. Don't be evil. Maybe we won't, maybe we won't, uh, we'll buy your phones again. So being that's so, not easy at no, all. No, it's not, no. The, the, the answer, there is no easy answer for that because we're addicted to it. We're addicted yeah, to Walmart we're dug, stuff. We're dug in. We're dug in. It's not easy. But look, one step at a time, man. Right now, Walmart, Walmart is not my answer. It's not my, my enemy. I'm not trying to knock. Right now, I'm not trying to knock down every Goliath. Right. What I'm trying to do is build up a whole bunch of Davids so that we can actually beat Goliath. That's the way I'm looking at it. I, I can't fight every Goliath because you knock down one guy, another one pops up. Right. Right. I got rid of whatever, Amazon. Well, Etsy, whatever. Etsy's not going to do But whatever. Whatever. Whatever company mm-hmm. pops up. Whatever. So what, what difference does it make? I've got to build up a bunch of Davids to be able to fight the Goliaths. Otherwise, I have no shot here. Right. And that's right. the goal, right? The Libertarian movement, the Libertarian Party, is literally the only movement or the only party that is actually for the um, that's actually for the, the little guy. No one else is. No one else is. Republicans don't even bother playing about it 
and Democrats pretend and then make regulations that yeah. allow the big companies to, to give regulatory capital uh, capture. Yeah. So Democrats talk better about it. That's that's true. They have better rhetoric about the little guy. That's accurate. But it doesn't. They don't do anything. It's just it sounds nicer when they're punching you in the face. They say please first. Right, that's the only difference, <laughs> right? Republicans just punch you in the face. Democrats say please. You go no. They still punch you, but they just say please first. That's the difference. Are, are, are we? It's are we getting better at sort of at least identifying that? Are we getting better at sort of saying, hey, you know what? It, it's not the, the battle isn't yes. Republican I, Democrat because both of you guys are are, are ha- yes, having nefarious intentions. And I think you see the evidence in that is that both Democrats and Republicans are actually losing official members. Yeah, and and Libertarians, as bad as we are, we're still growing. Not as fast as I'd like, obviously, but we are growing. So the trends are in our favor. People who are self-identifying as Democrat, Republican are also going down. They're picking other ways. Like, I'm not a Republican. I'm a conservative or whatever they're deciding. Right, right, right? Right, I'm, right. Not a, I'm not a Democrat. I'm a progressive right. or I'm a socialist even. Right? They, they're changing their name because they're not agreeing with the party system. If you look at many parts of the Internet, the, the more hardcore um, podcasters, many of them hate both parties. Yeah. Right? They're like, I hate them all. I just, I want to, I want my socialist utopia or whatever they want, right? If only there'd be no money, then magic would happen or whatever they think, right? Yeah, they always, they always have this thing about, yeah, like say like this, all we have to do is get rid of the monetary system. Done! It's like that. What's your problem, John? Like go back to bartering. Go back to bartering. Losers and your money. But we do. But we do have people who, who who've attached themselves to, to issues that that are that are prevalent, like people like like I'm thinking about people like Maj Touré and, and whatnot, who, yeah. who who've who've just latched who like him just latched on to the to, to the Second Amendment and have and has attached it to poor and minority communities. Hundred percent. I'm and a basic, big Maj fan, as you know. And basically, and basically saying, hey, you know, anytime we restrict something, we prevent people in these communities from defending themselves. Absolutely. Yes. So I do think it's working. In fact, if you look at the Second Amendment as an example, um, more black gun ownership than ever. Yep. Right. So that's happening, too. Um, I do think it's working. It's just a lot slower than I want, John, to be forward. It's a lot slower than I want. But it's absolutely going to right there. Last year's presidential uh, uh, election season hurt us. It set us back. Right. It just it wasn't a good year for us. Yeah, it set us back. Um, I really hope for for better and for more. We didn't get it. What are you going to do? We move on. Um, but we just keep going. I started this kind of push in 2016, and I've been pushing for it for a long time, trying to make it happen to the best of my ability. And I said back then, it's a 10 year plan. It's a 10 year plan, and I got five left. You got five left. <laughs> and my goal is in my 10 years is I want federal representation at, at the Libertarian Party. That's what I want. I want either a congressman or a senator or a president or a vice president or something. I want something up there that's libertarian by 2026. That's what I want. That's my goal. And it's a tough one. Last year hurt us. We were really on our way there. But it is what it is. We still got to go. We got to work harder then. Because so I really want it by... I'll, I'd like 2024. That'd be nice. But I'll take 2026. It's fine. 10-year plan. That's what I want. I, I got one of the things that I wanted to tell you... When, when we started, I actually uh, had my uh, I had my Sharpway uh, uh, mug, 
but uh, when I when I moved, it broke. So I just still got mine. It's the only mug I had that that broke when I moved. So probably was from China. So I probably probably was. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Dude. Don't let that out. From China. I'm looking to see if it's an, is it doesn't say. I hope it's not China. I hope it's not China. Hey, Larry, I really appreciate you doing this, man. Um, uh, sorry about the the, the hiccups. Um, no, just hey, uh, edit it a, when you have time. We're good. We got a, we got a good buck twenty out of here, and I'm probably going to call on you again, man, because there's always going to be some some more stuff to talk about. And uh, I, I I love your shows. Please keep up the good work. Don't let it uh, don't let it damper don't let it damper you. Uh, some of us got your back. I'm going to buy another mug. Trust me, I'll get another mug to replace the one uh, that I, I broke. Appreciate it. <laughs> And thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Let me know when this comes out, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll uh, share it. I'll do, I'll do some editing, and I'll send you a copy, and I'll let you know. Perfect. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Larry. Have a great night. You too. We had some audio issues, but uh, thank you, Larry, for being patient. All in all, it was a great conversation, and I'm looking forward to doing it again in the future. The Sharpway Podcast is available on all platforms. Also on Larry Shop's uh, Facebook page, he records his radio spot as well as his own show. He's persistent, he is consistent, and that's a great combination. Thank you again, Larry. All the best. Otis Coffee is more than a daily dose of caffeine. Head over to Otis.Coffee. Take flight. Be a part of the journey. Anchor.fm slash John's Lonely slash support for as little as 99 cents a month. You can help us keep John's Lonely podcast going. Thank you so much. We look forward to doing this again. Thank you for being with us. And in the meantime, peace. Peace.